she's living on this almost deserted planet. It's a well, it's a desert planet, is what it is. And there's a lot of scraps. It's like a, it's 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 like the mill iron of the sky. Okay, and it's this is you know old uh, old uh, uh, rockets and jets and spacecraft all over the place. And she just kind of goes from uh, piece of scrap to piece of scrap. She's what you would call a scavenger. In other words, Ray is just getting by. She's doing what she has to do to survive. She can't find, she's lost her family. She's all alone. She's hoping one day her family will come back. Listen, we got a lot of people hoping for things that perhaps will never come, waiting on things that aren't realistic. And really, really, is it not the thing that you're really waiting on? Could it be Jesus? The thing that you're really waiting on. And then you got Finn. And Finn was raised from a child to be uh, a soldier of the First Order. You see that guy in the, in the uniform in the background there, that he was one of those guys. He had no identity. He just had that mask on. He looked like everybody else. But he was raised to be a soldier. But when he got to the place where he had to do some, kill people, he didn't feel like it was right, and he didn't do it. Listen, some of us are just getting to the place where we realize what we're doing isn't working. What we're doing isn't right. And the way we've been raised isn't working. Oh, wow. And eventually he, you know, takes off his uniform. He escapes. He pretends... To be in the resistance, the good guys, he pretends. How many know we got some Christians that pretend? Oh, I knew that would get you. I knew that would get you. I, I know that's the guy behind you, but I thought I'd preach it anyway. So he's, he's the guy. He pretends to be in the resistance so he can get away. But eventually, as, he's, as he works with these people long enough, what happens is he begins to catch the vision. He begins to get on board. And pretty soon, he's fighting for the cause, too. You know, here's the thing. You know, you may be just pretending to be a Christian, but if you hang around the real thing long enough, it should rub off on you. And then you got Han Solo, right? And he is so talented. He's a fighter. He's a general. He, you know, but, but he's just kind of living on the edges. He's running around in his spacecraft. He's scheming. He's plotting. He's just trying to make money. Some people are just trying to get by. They're just scheming their way through life. And you got these characters that are pretty well useless, pretty well on their own, pretty well lonely. But as the story continues, they all find their way into the story. Can I get an amen? I believe the Lord is finding a way to get you into the story. You have a destiny. God is bringing you out of where you're at, and into the story. Now, this morning I want to talk about Peter because it's the same kind of thing. Peter is doing what he's always done. He's, you got to realize in those days, in the days of the Roman Empire, there was no upward mobility. There's no really hope. You know, today you can start a business maybe, or you can, you can get a promotion. You can move to better jobs. And, and there, are, there are people, there are people with, almost no education, that rise to the top, right? This is the land of opportunity. It was not the land of opportunity. If you were a fisherman, it's because your daddy was a fisherman, your granddad was a fisherman, your great-granddad, your great-great-great-great-great-granddad, they were all fishermen. There was really no escaping who you are. Wow. 
The devil wants you to believe the lie that there's no escaping who you are right now. But the devil is a liar. I said the devil is a liar. Right? Is a liar. Yes. Devil is a liar, the devil. Is that right? That's right. I didn't have him in the first, you know, so I'm, I'm feeling him now. I'm feeling him. It's interesting that the, the bad guys are called the first order, and the good guys are called the resistance. Now, the world tries to flip that. The world says the Christians are causing all the trouble. The Christians are out of order. The Christians aren't following the right way, right? And they say that we're prejudiced or we're narrow-minded or we're judgmental or we're angry or they, they pin all this stuff on us and they say that what's normal is the way the world acts and the way the church acts, that's abnormal. That the world is the first order. It's all about the order. Romans 12 and verse 1 and verse 2. You know these scriptures. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, your reasonable worship. And be not conformed. Wow. Do not submit to the world order. How many are here this morning? But be not reformed, transformed. God's not interested in a Band-Aid for you. He wants to transform you. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. He wants to renew the way you think. After He saves you through forgiveness, He renews the way you think so you stop thinking like the world. You know what, you know what the problem with the church today is? They're really no different than the world. Yikes, that fell to the floor. No different that you may prove, demonstrate what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Wow. God's wanting to take Ray and Finn and Solo and change them, rearrange them, and bring them to a new place in God. This is Peter's situation as well. He thinks he'll always be a fisherman until Jesus, that man, from Galilee stood on the shore and said, hey, hey, come join me. Look at the scriptures that we have for you here as we tell the story in Mark chapter 1. And as, he, as Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew. Listen, he sees you. Hello. You're not forgotten. Everyone else might think you're forgotten, but he hasn't forgotten you. They're casting their nets into the sea for they were fishermen. Notice he didn't say because they were fishing. He said they, because they were fishermen. There's a difference. We all, a lot, how many of you like to fish? That really doesn't necessarily make you a fisherman. Hello? If you fish every day or at least once a week or on the weekends instead of going to church, if, if you're a, now you wake up. Now, now. See, there's a difference between someone who enjoys fishing and a fisherman, because the fisherman depends on the occupation to make a living. It's not a sport. It's not a hobby. He is a fisherman. It's who he is. I have a word for somebody today. God is calling you out from who you think you are into something, somebody much greater, much more awesome. Amen. 
Then Jesus said to them, follow me. Wow. You know, I, I wonder if that's really all he said. Did they just not record more of it? I, I don't know, but I don't think he did a week-long seminar. He didn't say, I'll come back tomorrow and check with you. He didn't say, form a committee and study and analyze it. He didn't say, take a poll, let's take a vote. He didn't say, ask your dad, because dad would have said no. Anytime you ask your past what you want, your past doesn't determine your future, so don't ask your past. Don't look behind you. Oh, my God. He said, follow me. And I'll make you become, I'll make you become fishers of men. Notice something here. He's not saying, I'm going to stop, I'm going to take away your gifts and talents. No. He said, I'm going to use your fishing gifts and talents, but I'm going to get you to bring something else in. God's going to use who you are to do something completely different. Put your hands together and praise Him. Wow, 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 wow. Jesus calls him, and he'll never be the same. What? Immediately. Say immediately. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Can you imagine their dad? Hey, hey, where are you guys going? Uh, he asked, you don't even know that guy. You've known him for 10 minutes? How many know there had to be something compelling about his, not just his voice, but Somehow there was, oh, you know what I'm praying this morning? I'm praying that this is not some intellectual, you're not intellectualizing what I'm saying. Because if you intellectualize it, you'll say things like, well, I'll get saved tomorrow. Or I'll, I'll, I'll change my ways later. Or after I fix this and after I do that. No, 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 no. There's a lot of things they could have done, but they, they immediately left their nets. They didn't rationalize it. My prayer today is that you'll not rationalize the faith, but you will immediately, wow, drop what you're doing and start following Jesus. Is that the way it was with you? That's the way it was with me. Number one, I want you to notice, Peter leaves everything. See, no amens. What? I got to give up something? You mean I have to stop? Oh, I oh, I love that too much. You mean I have to quit? Yeah. And you know what? A lot of preachers, that's how they preach. They'll just get up here and say, I'll tell you one thing. You need to give up your mind. You need. Like it's some hard, difficult thing. And you're a horrible person. How many of you are married? Wow. Do you remember when you stood before the preacher and you said the words, forsaking all others. Please raise your hand. You remember. Right? That was smart. I've done a lot of weddings in my time, and I've never had a guy say, wait a minute, I have to give up my girlfriend? I didn't know that was part of the deal. Ouch. Red flag. Something's already wrong with that relationship. You don't forsaking all others. It shouldn't be a guilt trip. <laughs> Nobody should be putting you on a guilt trip. You know, you have to give that girl up. Nobody should have to tell you you have a girl. By the way, you have to give up the girl on the internet too. 
<laughs> really? I have to give her up too? Oh. See, see, here's, see, here's the thing. Nobody ever says, oh, man, I got to. No, you're, you gladly give up that girlfriend because you've gotten to the place where the old girlfriend doesn't mean anything to you anymore. You don't need the old girlfriend. She doesn't turn you on anymore. Why? Because you have found the love of your life. It's not like, oh, I have to give up my girlfriend and put the ball in chain. No, 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 no. You don't mind. You don't care about that love anymore. All you care about is the love of your life. Let me introduce you to the love of your life. It is Jesus Christ. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My God, hallelujah. The love of your life. And then, of course, there's the seven-year itch. How many, how many of you have been married longer than seven years? Okay, you're cool. You're done. You made it. There's that seven-year itch, where, that supposedly, where you, you start thinking about that old girlfriend again. I, I think Christians sometimes, they go along and they kind of get bored. You know, you, you, know, you know the main job of the pastor, right? To keep you excited. That's my job. To keep you excited. How many know that's not really my job? <laughs> you should love Jesus on your own. Uh, I shouldn't have to do a dog and pony show to, to keep you excited about Jesus. Hello, seven-year itch. So we just stay in love with him. So you notice you have to leave everything. So the closer, now, now get this, get this. Get this, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you leave behind. And it's okay because we sing that song, He's all I need. He's all I need. We lie more when we sing. We lie where He leads me on. Follow as long as it's not thirty more than thirty miles from my mama, where he leads me. You know it's the truth. <laughs> the closer you get to Jesus, the more you leave behind. So listen, don't hang on to your past when your future is passing by. I mean, remember Elijah when Elijah called Elisha. Oh, I wish I had an hour right there. When Elijah called Elisha, and he had his robe, and Elisha's plowing in the field, right? He's a farmer. His daddy was a farmer. His granddaddy was a farmer. His great, 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 grand. He'll always be a farmer until Elijah walked by. And Elijah, all Elijah, this is so cool. All Elijah did was throw his cape over him, and he keeps on walking. You know what that is? That's not an appointment. Somebody was here Wednesday night. That's not an appointment. That's a moment. He didn't know it was coming. Some of you were here just because it's Easter. But you're about to have a moment. You're not here on appointment. I'm praying you're having a moment. Amen. He just throws his cape on him and keeps on walking. It's like, here it is. Take it or leave it. Decide right now. I haven't got all day. I haven't got a week. You're not gonna. He said, well, let me go back and talk to my daddy and my mama. Frustrated Elijah to death. Oh, whatever. 
Go back if you have to, but I, I'm, I'm out of here in just a few minutes. Amen. But you decide, right? He was having a moment. Hallelujah. And here's what's the choice. He could stay and look at his past, but his future was passing by. Oh, we could preach how many stories in the New Testament when Jesus was passing by, amen. Blind Bartimaeus cries out, amen. Oh, we just go on and on about all the, oh, I don't have time, all the different stories in the Bible. How about when Jesus is walking on the water and he would have passed by them, but someone called out, listen, he's passing by this morning. You're having a moment and your whole life could be changed. I'm not just talking to people that maybe aren't saved. I'm talking to people who aren't sure. If I, and I'm talking to some people with the seven-year itch. Lord, it gets quiet right there. I, Lord, I, I feel like preaching. Oh, 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 yeah. Jesus. Number two. Number two. Next, we see Peter getting equipped, and God begins to work with him. And just put the Scriptures up there. I may not read them, but just go through them. But Jesus comes up to Peter, and he said, Peter, uh, who do people say I am? You know, a lot of you have an opinion about Jesus, something your mama told you, your grandma told you, or someone else told you, or a Sunday school teacher told you, or you heard it somewhere. But my question, if you're going to have a moment today, my question is, who do you think he is? Not what the church thinks or someone else thinks. You need your own experience. Who do you say that I am? And finally, Peter said, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Oh, we need a revelation of who Jesus is. If you got a revelation of who Jesus is, it would transform your life. Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Boy, he put his whole name out there. Simon means little stone. Bar means son. In In other words, his name was son of Jonah. Some of you, you're still living with your parents' identity. You're still got it in your head what mama and daddy said about you. And mama and daddy said you'll never amount to anything. And mama and daddy said you'll, you're, you're a failure. Mama and daddy said you're clumsy. Mama and daddy said you'll never learn. Your mama and daddy will never amount to anything. Some of you, your mama and daddy are dead, and you're still hearing their voice. Oh, I feel this so strong. He said, you're not Simon, son of Jonah anymore. You're Peter. God has a new name for you. We sing that old song, there's a new name written down in glory. Man, I'm singing all the old songs. There's a new name written down in glory. That doesn't just mean you got saved. It means God has a new identity for you. Your future may not be what you think it is. Jesus is passing by this moment. And I believe there's a moment waiting for somebody in this place. Wow. Peter, I'm going to build on this revelation. Wow. He's not building a church on a man. He's building it on a revelation. Your experience is not built on a man. It's not built on grandma. Grandma can't get you there. It's not built on your understanding of the history of the church and how you were raised. It's going to be built on a revelation of who Jesus is. Wow. And the gates of hell will not prevail. I don't know why people always say, when hell attacks, it won't prevail. How many of you have ever been attacked by a gate? Gates don't attack anybody. I never saw a gate coming at me. 
Gates keep people out. Gates keep people in. You know what he's saying? What the devil has stolen from you is behind the gates of hell. But if you go up to the gate and kick it open, glory to God, the gate will not prevail. Your future is behind those gates, and God has given you the key to the gates. Come on, somebody, praise him. Come on and praise him. Wow, 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 wow. But then, then we see him tested. Wow. Thirdly, we see him tested. Peter gets tested. You've been to school, right? Teachers give you a test. I've never been tested on material I never learned. We go through a test, and we act all surprised. I don't know how to get through this. Yeah, it reminds me of you in high school. I don't remember teacher teaching me this. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She's got it on her planner. It's right there. I taught you this on such and such a day. God never tests you. God never puts you through something that he didn't prepare you for. And people say, well, God wants to know if you're going to. No, God already knows if you're going to pass or fail. He wants you to know if you're going to pass or fail. He wants to affirm what he's taught you. Testing doesn't just, isn't just to find out if you learned it. It's, it's to reinforce what you learned. So listen, you can't really fail a test. He's already taught you. And he taught you well enough that you can get through it. And he taught you well enough that you're going to be victorious over this thing. Amen. Pray for my voice. I need another voice. I'm about to lose it. He was tested. He was tested. He was tested. He was tested. Look look at that scripture in uh, Luke 22, verse 31 and 32. And he talks about this. And he said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you. I hate it when that happens. Satan wants you. Oh, jeez. He wants to sift you as wheat. That sounds pretty grueling. But I have prayed for you. Oh, good. I guess I don't have to go through it now. No. Jesus said, I'm not praying you don't have to go through it. I'm praying you'll have the faith to get through it. Sister's got it over there. Amen. Huh? I prayed that your faith wouldn't fail. So that when you get through it, God's going to use you when you get through there. You'll, you'll, be, oh, you'll be able to help everyone else through it. And God's going to use you when you get through this trial. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And what is this sifting with wheat thing? That sounds ominous. Back then, that's how they did it. They would take the wheat, the kernels that they harvested from the field. Listen, they would throw it up in the air. That's not fun. Throw you up in the air. When the wind blows, the wind is the Holy Spirit. The devil thinks, watch this. But all the time he's throwing you the Holy Ghost. Devil's got you going up and down, but the Holy Spirit's. That wind of the Spirit blows the shaft. The shaft is the light stuff. The shaft is the stuff you don't need. It, it's empty calories. It doesn't taste good. It doesn't neutricize you. It, <laughs> it's a new word. Yes. 
It, 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 it doesn't exercise you. It, it doesn't help you. In it. it's, just, it's just junk food, empty calories. Uh, the wind of the Spirit blows all the shaft out of your life. You don't need it. Amen. Travel light. It just moves all that stuff out of you, and all you got left is the pure weed of the Word. Oh, hallelujah. Next time you go through the trial, just say, Devil, you think you got me, but God's going to use it to bless me. Yes. Go ahead and praise him like you mean it. Amen. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, hallelujah. Went through a trial. Wasn't long after that, he tells Jesus, I'll never betray you. Did you ever make promises like that? I'll be back to church next week. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get up early tomorrow and pray. I'll never betray you. But yet we see Peter warming himself at the fire. But it wasn't God's fire. It was the world's fire. He's warming. Oh, listen to what I'm saying. I wish I had an hour here. He's warming himself. In fact, the Bible says he's cussing around the fire. He's cussing around. I tell you, I don't know the man. He's cussing around the world's fire. Listen, the world's fire is kind of like the Lord's fire. kind of makes you feel good. There are things in the world that you don't want to get rid of. A lot of And all the working ourselves by the world's fire. And all the world's people are there. And we're all just, we just kind of deny the Lord in some ways so that we get along with the other people around the campfire. Oh, it's getting tight in here now. I know it's Easter. Don't have to remind me. It'll get better. Just hang on. He's warming himself at the world's fire. Wow. I know not the man. I don't know who he is. But finally, number four, just hang with me a minute or two. There is self-discovery as we finally figure it out. How many are ready to figure it out for the Lord Jesus Christ? Peter's back in the boat fishing. The seven-year itch worked. He's back to his old thing, right? He's back to what he's comfortable with, kind of like that fire. He's in a warm place. But then once again, there's Jesus. Aren't you glad that Jesus will keep calling you even after you mess up? He's still on the shore. You're out there in your little boat, and he says, come on, come on. Put the scriptures up there. I may not read them all, but I want you to see them. So, so they're in the boat, right? They're in the boat. He tells them to cast their net on the right side, and they bring all the fish in. But when he sees Jesus, the Bible says he takes off his robe. And back then, the robe was always symbolic, just like that Elijah-Elisha thing. He, he, you know, it's like he took off his farmer jacket, and he put on the, the jacket of ministry. So Peter takes off his fisherman's coat, dives in the water, swims to shore, and guess what he finds? Another campfire. Another campfire. But this one doesn't just keep him warm. It feeds him. He's out there trying to catch fish when Jesus already had the fish on the fire. The thing you're trying to catch, he's already provided. The thing you're trying to make your life into, he's already provided. You just need to get out of your boat and come to him this morning. Wow. Get out of your boat. And come to him. And Jesus says, do you love me? 
Am I back to that forsaking all others thing? Wow. Do you love me? If you do, then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Go. If you love me, go about the business that I called you to do. Start, you know, being a Christian is not just about going to church on Sunday. It's about a lifestyle. I'm here to tell you that Jesus called something out of Peter that Peter didn't know was there. Peter became an evangelist for God. He became the leader of the church, a fisherman. And God can do great things with you. You have a secret destiny in you. You have a secret purpose in you. Even some of you that are Christians have not realized it. You've not found it yet. But it's in you. He's wanting to change your name, change your destiny. He wants to make you so much more than the world planned for you. You're more than your boss sees. You're more than your parents sees. You are everything that God sees in you. Wow. It's interesting. We, we got these lightsabers, and Star Wars is, is all about the lightsabers, right? I don't even know how to turn it on. Just like some people with the word, they don't know how it works. I really can't turn it on. Okay. It's all about the lightsabers in Star Wars, right? The Word of God sword. It's the lightsaber. It cuts. It heals. It makes whole. Thank God for the Word. I've been preaching the Word this morning. It's been a lightsaber to some of you. I believe it's going to cut away things that are holding you back. It's going to help you make a decision this morning. Make a decision to be 100%. 100% for Him. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer team is coming quickly. Father, how we love you. You're all we need. We love you. God, pull us away from the world's campfire and bring us close to your fire. Clothe us in righteousness as we take off the filthy rags. God, you sent your son Jesus to die on that cross. The purpose of his death is that he paid the consequences, paid the price of our sins. Yes, he did. And now, Lord, we understand and realize, wow, we're not going to make it to heaven because we're good. We're going to make it to heaven because we're forgiven. We're forgiven. You forgive us of all our sins. I pray you'll do that right now. I, wow.